Good morning. Well, it's uh, very uh, good to be here with you this morning, and uh, it's honor and a privilege uh, to be here uh, sharing the Word of God with you. And also thank you, uh, Casey, for lovely introduction. I know I preach uh, quite a bit in our language, but I'm not sure in English. Uh, my son is my English teacher over there, and then when we get home today, he will tell me uh, certain words and certain phrases that I use. Uh, you know, he would uh, have a list of record, you know, how many times I repeat and so on and so forth. And uh, so, but uh, I'm, we're very happy. And also, uh, first, I would like to uh, say, uh, uh, express uh, our thankfulness to the church here, uh, the leadership here, and then the pastor uh, for allowing me to do my internship here and also uh, my family uh, to be uh, part of uh, this uh, uh, Princeton uh, uh, faith community. And so after uh, many years of uh, prayer, and uh, I think now the Lord has allowed us to uh, move on and uh, venture into different uh, uh, different journey, I should say, after 14 years in uh, Chin Church, as you know, you're, uh, this is uh, the, the mother church, and after serving the Lord there as a deacons and elders and uh, as an evangelist for 14 years, and uh, now uh, the Lord has opened a new door, and so, uh, so this is the, uh, where we're at, at seminary. Uh, some people call it cemetery, but I don't know which. Uh, and uh, uh, yeah, I stand in this pulpit uh, a few times, uh, obviously. Uh, but today is different. The audience is obviously different. The language is different. And uh, so I will try to behave myself as much as I can and be civilized. Uh, you know, it's very uh, customary, uh, normal for me to preach a long hour. As usually, I preach about hour and a half. And, uh, and so this is the first time I will attempt to uh, do a sermon, proper sermon, within my alluded time, uh, whichever that may be. I think it's less than uh, 30 minutes. So I will try to attempt, and if I fail, you know, know that I am learning my trade. And uh, if I exceed a little bit over your uh, thresholds of tolerance, I, I, I would ask in advance that you would exercise your Christian uh, charity and forgiveness. And so with this preliminary, I will uh, uh, let us uh, go to our text for today. And uh, it's uh, from the book of John, chapter 9, verse 1 through 7. John, chapter 9, verse 1 through 7. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciple asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. 
today uh, I am thinking t- uh, what to speak to you, and you know I thought here uh, Christianity come to uh, our country, particular my state, a hundred years ago, and so now I thought about it, and then you've been Christian for like more than uh, uh, 500 years at least, uh, Christian uh, Reformed Church, uh, and so I don't really. Think you know what should I uh, speak to you guys? And a uh, thought that come to mind is I think at this juncture in the history of the church and the, the world we're in, I thought that it would be proper and fitting to remind uh, the same thing that we know of. And so I will uh, try to uh, uh, speak to you uh, the same thing that you already know. And I think uh, our faith is not. Unlike any other faith, uh, it's not depend on our work. It's not depend on our uh, effort, our diligence. Our faith is different. The Christian faith is simply this: it is faith upon faith, faith to faith, or grace upon grace, grace to grace, grace upon grace, or glory upon glory. Simply, that is our Christian faith, and uh, so I think this. Scripture, this incident we have before us uh, epitomizes really well what is Christian faith is all about. And uh, when we read the whole chapter, obviously you know the controlling uh, theme of this chapter is that Jesus, who is the light of the world. But for to- today, this morning, uh, we our, our focus will be on the blind man, and uh, we're just going to narrow down to the blind man. Uh, and uh, so here. Uh, when we read the uh, verse one, we see right away uh, very two very different view about the blind man. The view of uh, Jesus and the view of disciples are completely different. You know, the the disciple they saw and they look and they see the man through the uh, the lens of the uh, the dominant social and theological of their time. It's a kind of a retributive uh, justice. Where you know you do good things and you, you get rewarded. You do bad things and uh, you do evil things and then you do these bad things and evil things happen. You know they have that kind of mindset. This is how they see the blind man. This is how they see a human person. This is how they see what it meant to be human or how you know humans should be. This is how they 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 the disciple. They see the blind man, but on the contrary, Jesus, when he saw the blind man, he said, "They asked him, right, Rabbi, whose sin is this? This man or his parents? You know, he was born this pathetic, right, begging, cannot work. He is no uh, prophet to the society, right? And but Jesus said, 'No, it is not. It's not that. It's not his sin or his parent.' He said." So that this happens, so that the work of God might be displayed in Him. You know, this is how Jesus view a human person. Uh, it, it's not defined or it's not grounded by the uh, uh, how the society would uh, understand uh, what human being to be. And so, uh, let us go a little bit further. So we're gonna uh, uh, unpack a little bit uh, further about uh, this. Uh, Incident we have before us here uh, today, and uh, 
uh, how does the work of God display in this man, this blind man? What, what about us? How does the work of God display in us? And uh, let, let us think about that. And also, what make the blind man just, uh, com- what, what compel the blind man to go so easily without hesitation uh, to the pool of Siloam so easy? And uh, he just go there. And, you know, this is the story we have before us. And uh, first, uh, I want to highlight this, uh, the, the word uh, uh, sent in verse 7. Uh, let us pay uh, close attention to that. It's in verse 7. Uh, you know, in the Old Testament, uh, the Israelites, they were sent to possess the land. They were sent to go conquer and possess the land that was given way before their time. So they were sent also, uh, Deuteronomy uh, chapter 1, uh, verse uh, 20. Then Moses uh, uh, said, I said to you, you have reached the hill country of Amorites, which the Lord your God has given us. See, the Lord your God has given you the land. Go up and take possession of possession of it as the Lord, the God of your ancestor, told you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Then all of you came to me and said, Let us send men ahead to spy the land for us and bring back the report about the route we are to take in the town we will come to. So here, you see the Israelites, they were sent to possess the land, and also they, they sent 12 spies to uh, uh, survey the land, to spy out the land. And uh, so I looked up the dictionary. I thought I was uh, curious about it, and then sent. And uh, so there's a different meaning, and I thought it's really interesting. It can also mean to set free, to let loose. Uh, so I thought it was uh, very interesting. So the blind man... Jesus sent him to set free from his predicament, his blindness. Or in other words, Jesus sent the blind man to let loose from his problem, you know, just like that. And then the Israelites were sent to uh, the land to possess, uh, to let loose, to set free from the bondage of slavery. And uh, so they sent the 12 spies. You know the story. So they surveyed the land uh, for 40 days, and uh, they go north, south, east, west. They do all kinds of things. They even brought uh, a cluster of grape. It has two men has to carry by it. You know, they, the report came and said, hey, the land is indeed is a good land, right? It is good. Yeah, the Lord has given, you know, this, the land he gave us is so good. You know, this is what they say. But I, I don't really like the English word when they put that conjunction, but, right, after the, the good thing that's being said. And then it said, but, but they say, but they say the people are stronger, the people are taller, the city are large, and they're fortified. And not only that, they said, we saw the Anakites, the descendants of Anak, right? People renowned for warfare, men of stature, big people, strong people, we see them. Not only that, you know, we heard that the land itself devoured its people. And, uh, you know, the story. And then they, the result was they refused to go to the land of Canaan, the promised land. They refused. And then the scripture gave us the, uh, uh, the problem. Hebrew 3.11, it said, so they, we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. 
You see, uh, wise unbelief. Very simple. Now, God told the patriarch Abraham 450 or 400 something years before the, the exodus of, uh, from Egypt said, Genesis chapter 15 verse 8 said, This land I give to your descendant. You know, the land, was, the land is already given way before they were born. It's given. That's theirs. And, uh, but when the Israelites, they actually, when they go there, they see these people. The people taller, stronger, smarter, more, uh, you know, advanced in all, all the uh, warfare, you know, everything. And so now the word of God or the promises of God collide with the present condition, the present circumstances. And this is when they say, yeah, this is impossible. Yeah, we're, we're, we're doomed. We're not going there. You see, uh, many people hear about the gospel many times, but they always have difficulty. You know, the Israelite here, the, the same, the, the, their difficulty is this. The word of God the promises of God is contrary to their present situation, circumstances. And so they said, they, they said they're not going in. And then this is one, uh, one story we see. And then also there's another uh, story in the Old Testament. Uh, you know the story about uh, command the name and it is recorded in the, uh, the second, uh, uh, second king. And uh, Naaman also was sent to the river of Jordan to wash himself. He was sent there. You know, I thought it was very interesting. The, uh, here, the blind man has no hesitation. When Jesus said, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam and just go. And uh, he went there, the Bible tells us, and then came home seeing. But here, the Israelite, they have so much difficulty when they were sent, and then they don't want to go there. Here is another, gen, uh, another uh, great man in the Old Testament, was uh, Commander Naaman. The scripture said, Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master, highly regarded, because through him the Lord has given victory to Aram. He was valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. So the problem with this man is, although he is such a man, Men of war, great men, revered by his countrymen, the kings and everybody. And then they love him. This is the national hero. But the problem he had was he had leprosy. He, he, knew, he knew that, uh, yeah, he's pretty much, uh, he's, he's done. It's an incurable disease, right? And uh, so he was advised by his uh, servant girl and to see the best doctor available at that time. Uh, Prophet Elijah, you know, that's what, that's what he was advised. said, hey, go see the best doctor in the land of uh, Samaria. His name is Prophet Elijah. He's the best doctor. He will surely cure you of your disease. You know, she was so certain. She was so convicted by it. And she was so adamant that his master go and see this doctor. And uh, so Naaman, general, went there. And uh, we're going to make the story short. And then here, when he arrived to the prophet Elisha, and uh, prophet Elisha 
It's being very, very uh, uncultured, insensitive, right? Here is the great man uh, came toward him, the, the commander. Elijah just sent a messenger to him and said, Go wash yourself seven times in Jordan. Your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. This is the word of the Lord. You know, uh, the prophet said, hey, hey, general, just go. Go to the, the river of Jordan, immerse yourself, wash yourself seven times, and then you will be clean. You will be healed. Your problem will be solved, right? Very simple. And then did he just go at that word? Naaman also have a very, very difficult time accepting the word of God. Naaman just, I don't know uh, to say it in the right word in English, English. He was enraged. He was furious. He was uh, absolutely mad. He was, uh, I bet if we could see this, uh, uh, the, this scene in the, you know, the, the movie, you know, he, he was about to kill uh, Prophet Elisha, perhaps. You know, he's a man of war. He probably would say a curse word, oh, I'm going to, you know, do this to this old man. Who do you think he is? Then tell me to go to uh, the river of Jordan. And uh, you know the reason he, uh, the Bible gave us. Naaman went away angry and sad. And then the next verse is very important. I thought, right, that's the word. He said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand and over my spot and cure my leprosy. You know, Naaman thought, Naaman reasoned. Naaman has this, uh, well, what do you, uh, uh, Naaman have this uh, uh, presupposition about something, right? Yeah, this is what I thought. This is how I, I imagine. Uh, this is what I have in mind, that he would come to me and then do some sort of uh, religious rite and acts and wave over my, my uh, spot, my leprosy, uh, my sore, and then all would be well. This is what I thought. This is how I reason it, you know. And, but now he tell me to go to the river of Jordan. What is the river of Jordan? He, now he go on complaining. Is it our river better than this, you know? And uh, so we see clearly here, again, another instance. When the word of the Lord, when God's word, when the Bible doesn't match our thought, our reasoning, our logic, our standard of truth, and then this is when People just went ballistic. People said, oh, okay, this is nonsense. Oh, no, I cannot take it, you know. Uh, God gave us a reason not to doubt his, his word, right? But us, now, the, the, the way we use our reason, uh, the cap, our capacity to reason, uh, you know, we, uh, we use to distrust his word. You know, our logic, our standard of truth. And say, ah, yeah, this is how I thought. This is how I think. This is how it should be. And so he could not, he could not easily accept the word of God. You know, the Israelites, very simple. The word of God is contrary to the present circumstances and condition. And here for this man, he could not accept the word of God. The blessing, right? The healing, the restoration is because that the word of God is contrary to his thought, his logic, his standard of truth. Very simple. And then this is the, uh, I think the fourth week after Easter Sunday, right? 
And, uh, you know, our Lord was resurrected on that uh, glorious Sunday. And then he first appeared to all the Marys, right? Different, kind, uh, different names of Marys. So I just say all the Marys. He, he appeared to them. And then he also appeared uh, to the disciples, 10 of them. And then uh, Thomas wasn't there, Thomas. Because probably he, he ran away the furthest, right? When he was crucified, said, no, I'm not going to stay in Jerusalem. And then far, run away so far, so he couldn't get back uh, when the disciples were gathered on that, that first Sunday, possibly. So he wasn't there. And uh, so they told him, hey, Thomas, you weren't there. Our Lord is alive. The tomb is empty. Here he showed himself to us. He con- condescends himself so lowly to us again, right? Our Lord show himself to us out of love, right? And so, so you know, what did Thomas say? Thomas said, yeah, yeah, right. You guys are dreaming. You guys are crazy. I saw it with my own eye. He was crucified. I saw it with my own eyes. The, the soldiers spear him to the side. So I saw him with my own eyes. He gave up the ghost and said, it is finished. So it's finished. Unless, he said, I see it with my own eyes and touch him with my own hands, the sigh and the scars and the mark. Then I will believe, you know, here, here's the reason. I have to see. I have to touch. I have to feel it. So you couldn't believe that. You know, sometime I think, you know, we, the Christian people, when God asks first our faith, right? And then we ask first God the evidence first. It's a contrary. I mean, it's, a, it's the upside down, right? Faith should be first, but we always say, oh, evidence, right? This is exactly happened in the case of uh, uh, St. Thomas here. Say, unless I touch it, I, I, I touch him, unless I see with my own eyes. And uh, now here, uh, for our selected text here, we see the blind man. Uh, there's a quite difference between uh, uh, this Old Testament saints uh, and uh, also here the disciple here. This man was born blind. He never see the sunlight in the days of, uh, you know, I don't know how many, how old is he, but the blind man has the same situation, the same circumstances, condition as the Israelite, Right? And, uh, you know, when Jesus said, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam, uh, he, he could have said, you know, I cannot see, I'm blind. Don't you see that I'm blind? I don't know, I, I don't have friends, I don't have family. Obviously, as you read the text, you know, nobody was with him when he, he, he go to the pool of Siloam because the neighbors and the friend, they said, who took him there, right? And they don't know. And uh, so he could have uh, a thousand thoughts, right? He could have, uh, the, the, you know, the same excuse as this, uh, the Israelite Naaman's and uh, Thomas, right? He could have said, you know, I cannot see. How can that be? How, how should I walk? You know, like, uh, like Naaman, he could dissect the Word of God like in a laboratory and analyze it from different angles. You know, people like to do it. 
they analyze from different angles and then they, they do all kinds of uh, analysis and all this and stuff. And then the final conclusion, they always come up with unbelief. That should lead them to believe, right? Faith, but a lot of people, uh, you know, they, 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 they draw conclusion and said, oh, unbelief. You know, he could have done that. If, or if my, I may borrow the, the word of uh, Eugene Peterson, this blind man could treat the word of God, Jesus, with hermeneutic of suspicion, you know. He could treat that with that and say, yeah, you know, yeah, it's lovely and it's nice and uh, stuff like that. But, you know, uh, yeah, I don't really think, you know, this is not meant to be. A lot of excuse, right? A lot of excuse. And think about it, observe uh, Jesus' method and means. You know, you think about it, and then he, he take a mutt. You really think about it. When I, I thought it was so strange, take a mutt, and then he didn't use the uh, water, notice that he spit it. Saliva, he just spit it. You know, obviously he cannot spit uh, that one time. I, I, I'm sure he spit a, a few times, right? He spit it, mixed it really well, and then he just put it on the man's eyes, you know. I remember Pastor Steve's word, you know, Jesus, sometimes he can be very insensitive, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> Jesus, this is how he treated his, uh, his, his patient, his blind patient. Now Jesus is the, uh, uh, the best physis physician that ever walked on the face of the earth, right? Here, but this is how he treated, observe his method. The blind man could have a a thousand reasons. The blind man could have uh, endless thought about, okay, what if I fall? What if I fall and then injure myself? What would my dad, my parents say to me? You know, thousand thoughts come and go. But the interesting thing is the, uh, that is the first layer of thought. You know, many people uh, don't go past that first layer of thought. You know, the first layer of thought is sim simply this. Uh, it is impossible. It's impossible. It is illogical. There's no logic to it, right? It is absurd. How? You know, he tell the blind man to, to walk. Go to the pool of Siloam. But, you know, this, the interesting thing is, this blind man thing, a little bit a step further. Probably in the second layer of what he's thought, he reasoned. Now, that is the right reason. He really reasoned. And uh, so, just like uh, Naaman's ser uh, servant, you know, you remember Naaman was uh, mad. Naaman, Naaman was enraged. And Naaman was about to kill people. But good thing, on his side, he have a reasonable, sensible people around him. That's a good thing. And uh, he said... Uh, And Naaman's sermon went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more than when he tell you, wash and be cleansed? And this is the right reason. He said, Father, think about it. Would you have done more difficult things if the prophet, the doctor, tell you to do? Would you spend $100,000 for your health. Yes, you would. But how much more, he said. How easy. He just said, go wash yourself. 
and then be clean. How could that be? How, 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 how you make a big sin out of it? You know, this is the right reason. Now, this is when the, the, the blind man, you know, at first, in his first layer of thought, he probably had the same heart as the Israelite. It is impossible. God's word doesn't make sense. The present condition, right, contrary against the situation. He's a blind man. How can he go? It's impossible. And, uh, but he thought about it. Yeah, it's not bad. Just like, you know, when he really, the, the servant reasoned with him, Father, why don't you just go there and then just dive in the river seven times and then it'll be over. we we'll go home happy. You'll be happy. Wife will be happy. Yeah? You know, he thought about it and said, yeah, that's right. You know, this is the, uh, the second layer of thought. So when the blind man think about it, yeah, yeah, I live my life like this anyway, so what, what, what else I got to lose? What else, uh, if I fall a few times, what is that? With me, I'm a nobody anyway. And uh, so he thought that he reasoned, the right reason prevailed in his heart. And, uh, and then finally, you know, when we really think about it, you know, our faith, uh, very simple. This is the word of the Lord, right? The, the Bible is the word of the Lord. It's given to us. It's a gift. Uh, I, yeah, it is a gift. It is a gift. The word of God is given to us. The most precious gift that ever God has given to us. You know, Jesus himself is the word, right? And uh, so here he thought about it. Yeah, this is the word of Jesus, the Messiah. I don't know he had that uh, revelation just yet. But, you know, but this is the word of Jesus. And so when he had that heart, right? And then by the grace of God, now, he could deny this, his present condition, which is blindness, right? In other words, we could see now, the blind man now, he, the blind man is blind toward his own blindness now. He don't see that he is blind no more because of the word of Jesus, right? So now, when he listened to that word, Ah, his first layer of thought said it's impossible. But when he really think about it, yes, yeah, that, that is sensible. And then when, when he, he, he think through it a little bit deeper, and this is the word of the Lord. This is Jesus who said, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. And so he said, okay, I'm going to believe it. I'm going to take it in my heart. So he put it in his heart, compartmentalize it in his heart. The very depth of his heart said, My Lord said, Go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. And then by, by the grace of God, and he could deny his conditions of blindness. And then he see Jesus, the word, of, the word of God, right? The word himself, he see Jesus and receive his word. In other words, we could say, Now he walked by faith. He walked by faith. You know, uh, faith, you could uh, give uh, many uh, good uh, biblical definition, but to make it very simply, faith is this, believing the word of God and then not believing yourself, your condition, uh, your thought, whatever is contrary to the word of God. That is faith. 
And uh, so the blind man walked by faith and came home seeing. And uh, this, is the, uh, uh, this is the light, Christ discovering light. This is what he, he uh, this is what it is. When he walked by faith, he came home seeing. It is Christ discovering light, sin discovering light, righteousness and holiness and judgment discovering light, right? The first work of God, you know, God said this, the first work of God, God said, let there be light. That's the light. And, uh, you know, it is uh, love discovering light. Justice discovering light, compassion, empathy discovering light. So the man here, so when he denied his present condition, when he denied his blindness, right? His, yeah, his own blindness, when he denied that. And then he walked. And uh, so he walked. How many times he fall? I don't know. We can all guess. And uh, I would. I would think that he walk, uh, he he fall a few times, and they will ask him, "Hey, you blind man, where are you going? I'm going to the pool of Siloam. You know where are you going, sir? I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, but why you go? Because my Lord tell me, told me, go to go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. So I will go there. It doesn't matter. He fall many times, and then and then finally he arrived. He arrived when he touched it, and there is water. Oh, yeah, this must be the pool of Siloam. He touched it, and then his sand got wet, and then, yeah, this is water. And then he scooped it. He, he, he uh, nailed it down. He scooped it, washed himself, and then he see the light for the first time. Now, the bird that he hear chipping all the time now, all of a sudden, there it is. Oh, this is the bird they're talking about. Here, people talk about the glory of the, the, the temple. Now, when you go home, they, oh, this is the glory of the temple, right? Oh, beautiful temple. Now, before he only hear, but now his own eyes see. You know, very simple, because he received his, his sight by faith, by walking in faith. It is faith upon faith. Grace upon grace, glory unto glory. Uh, you know, uh, sometimes all of us, uh, uh, we tend to do is the, uh, when we, we love to look at ourselves, our uh, ability or inability, and our achievement or our uh, disappointment. And uh, we like to uh, look, uh, analyze ourselves so much, and, uh, but that is not faith. And uh, today, uh, this is what the, uh, my whole uh, contention is that I want to remind you who we really are in Christ Jesus. And uh, very simple, when we look at ourselves, we see our shortcoming, we see our flaw, we, we see our problems, right? When we look at our, our, our children, you know, uh, not the way they, you, you want them to be, you know, type thing. And when you look at your uh, investment or whatever, your job, you know, and uh, yeah, you know, the world, look at the world, you know, all kinds of problems. And then Burma, is, the, the problem never seems go away, right? We're always a problem. And uh, when we look at ourselves, you see sins, you see flaw, you see weaknesses and everything. But and then people, you know, they just stay there. Although they claim that they, they believe Jesus, they believe the word of God, but they always stay there. They always pray like this, oh, Lord, I'm a sinner, forgive me, I'm a sinner, forgive me. This is how they die. But, but the scripture said, 
Yeah, it is true. When we look at ourselves, we are sinner. When we look at ourselves, we have this kind of flaw. We can this kind of problem. But what does the scripture say? What, did the, what does the Bible has to say? You know, the Bible is very clear. Especially, you know, the First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11. It says, you are washed, right? You were sanctified. You are justified in the name of our Lord, right? In the name of our Lord and by the Spirit of God. You know, this is how God sees us. This is how God looked at us, his children, and said, yeah, you are justified. You are righteous. You are perfect. You are holy. I don't see your sin. I don't see your flaw. I don't see your problem. You are love. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, this is me. I never forsake you. You may feel that all of a sudden our loved ones, you know, they, 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 they left us. God took them to glory. And then our senses said, we never, we're never going to see them again. Right? But what does the Bible say? I really wish, you know, uh, people can uh, invent a device like, you know, a cell phone where you could, from heaven and here, earth, you could FaceTime. Right? It would be so nice. And then you'll see, you'll see Abraham, you'll see, you know, this is what the Bible said. Yeah, yeah. In the kingdom of heaven, right? people will come from the east and the west. Many people will come, and then they'll take their seed, their seed, their places in the presence of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, and all of them, Paul, and everybody. And then we have feast together, right? Yeah, this is the, uh, the Bible is, is telling us this great new good news about who we are in Christ, right? What our future looks like. And then even now that uh, that future, we could enjoy it in the present through the means of faith. Faith is just like the same thing, you know, the past event we're rendering in the present, right? Present defying the past. That is also faith. And then also faith is the uh, present defying the future. You know, the future, you know, we could enjoy it. This our uh, our real identity also. You know, many people say, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a sinner. I have sinned. Lord, forgive me. Yes, he forgive you. you we, are, we are forgiven forever. You know, the Bible said, this is what Hebrew 10, 10 said, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Christ once for all. Because of Christ's sacrifice, we are holy forever. And nothing can uh, spoil that. So in the sight of God today, all of us as we gather here today, we are righteous. We're not sinner. We are saint. We are holy people. We stand justified. We, we are righteous. We are glorified. Don't say we will be glorified. This body, lowly body will be. Yes, it is true. But even now, we are glorified. You know, this is who we are, friends. And uh, this is the gospel, and that we share, although some of uh, you have been a Christian for a thousand of thousands of years, we are a hundred years, but this message is still the same. That in Christ Jesus, God doesn't see our sin. We are perfect, we are holy, we are righteous. We are blameless. We are the children of God. This is who you are. And so this is how the work of God is displayed in this man's life and in our life and many lives to come. And uh, so, so for the blind man, so when he, uh, by the grace of God, 
when he really think about it, he could deny easily his present circumstances and said, this is what the Lord, the word of the Lord said, and I'm going to stand by it. It is a sure foundation. I could stand on it. I could trust, trust him at his word. And so he, he went by faith. He receives his sight by faith. He walked. You know, this is what the scripture said, the just shall live by faith. And so I hope that uh, this would uh, steer your heart, reminding who you are once again, that in Christ Jesus, we are loved. We are loved with an everlasting love. This is what I want to share today. Thank you for uh, giving me this time. I really appreciate uh, listening uh, this, the, uh, this accent. Uh, so, well, thank you. God bless.